Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. things that I love about the Lord and I often testify to other people in this life you'll go through stuff and some of this stuff that you'll go through you'll think that it'll take the very breath away from you but what I one of the things I love about God is God will never allow you to go through something and if you go through it victoriously, not reward you for what you had to go through. And here's one other thing. Go ahead and praise God. Somebody knows what I'm talking about. But God, as they were singing the song, reminded me. Oh, I was trying to remind him, Elder Steed, of what... I had lost 
And he began to remind me of what he had given me to replace what I had lost. Because God will never allow something to get away from you and not repay you and many times double for your trouble. And so that's why I love him. And I love him more than anything. Hallelujah, because God is faithful. He's faithful to those whom he has promised he would be faithful to. And when we're faithful to him, amen, that faithfulness comes right back to us. God bless you on this morning. Thank you for that space. Let me get to my assignment on this morning. Somebody needs to be blessed of the Lord. And so I invite you to go along with me if you have your Bibles. If for some reason you have misplaced your Bible, we're praying for you. But nowadays you can, you can have a backup on your phone. And then if both of those fail, in many cases, we have technology here. And so I invite you to go with me to the book of St. Matthew. A familiar passage in the 15th chapter. And the scriptures that we'll use to try to argue the point. Read the verses 21 through 28. I was tempted to go to Mark also, but I'll just make reference of it so not to bore you and lengthen your time with us more than you've allocated. We'll just stick with Matthew 15, 21 through 28. When you have it, say amen. I invite you to read along with me if you so choose. Reads like this. Then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. I got to stop right there. Because these are church people right here. The Bible doesn't say anything about her crying unto us. Okay. They were crying, she was crying unto him. How dare you interject you and us into the equation? Let's go on. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, it is not meat to take children's bread and cast it to dogs. I got to stop for a moment there because we lost some people. Some folk have just fallen out with Jesus Christ for saying what he just said. 
but listen what she said. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. The word of the Lord is blessed. Before we pray, would you just say this with me out loud so, so you saying it, so it's not just me saying it, so that faith not only comes by hearing, but many times by you speaking it your own self. So would you say with me, there's a blessing, there's a blessing. Even, even in the crumbs. There's a blessing, even in the crumbs. Would you bow your heads with me in a word of prayer? Precious Father, we honor you today. God, we thank you. Thank you for being God. Hallelujah. There's nobody like you, Lord. And we thank you, God, that you have chosen us. And you said you did it before the foundation of the world. Knowing, knowing all about us, knowing our insufficiencies, our shortcomings, but yet you've chosen us, God, and for that we are grateful. And we thank you, Lord, that you have the ability, God, to bless us like nobody else can, to heal us like nobody else can, God, to deliver us when nobody else can and so we give you glory now Lord in the name of Jesus God somebody is standing in the need of deliverance somebody here is standing in the need of a blessing hallelujah they have done all that they know to do hallelujah and, they, and they're at their wits end but God you're able you're more than able Hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. God, you don't care, hallelujah, if you have to do things out of order and out of sequence. God, even out of the regular way, oh God, out of protocol, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you love us so much, that you care about your people so much, that you're willing to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think so that you might demonstrate your love toward us. God, we thank you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your word. God, we thank you for the love that we've experienced and are experiencing. Thank you, Lord, for every time you've already delivered us and made a way for us, oh God. We love you with an everlasting love, oh God. Thank you for being our God. Lord, I thank you today for choosing me. Hallelujah. When I was counted out by everybody else, Lord, you chose. Thank you, Jesus. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, on today. We pray, God, that this word now, God, that you would send it forth with power, 
with clarity in the name of Jesus, that it would reach the hearts and minds of those of which you have already prepared so that they might say yes to the Lord. That you might affirm, God, their faith, that you might strengthen their resolve to know that you are God and God alone. In Jesus' name we pray. We say thank you, Lord. Amen. And amen. You may be seated. When we read this passage of scripture and then couple it with a passage of scripture from Mark chapter 7, which chronicles this very same particular incident, this passage of scripture or these passages of scripture, they begin, if we read a little bit earlier, with Jesus not wanting to be identified. And if we were to have continued to read uh, much more of this particular uh, account, uh, we would have noticed that uh, Jesus is giving folk instruction on not to make his deeds known, not to identify him. He is trying to do his best to remain incognito. But in both cases, if we were to go to chapter 7 in Mark and read about the Syrophoenician woman uh, and also uh, later on in that particular passage, a man that was, was deaf and could not speak. Uh, they openly, both of them, identify the person who was responsible for the miracle that they received. And I'm particularly drawn this morning, and that's why I didn't go into chapter 7 of the book of Mark, because uh, this, this particular story about this Syrophoenician woman captured my attention. And the Bible declares that her daughter is vexed with a devil because uh, uh, of a reason that nobody actually knows for certain. And I couldn't help but to believe in my own mind that because of what's going on in our society right now, that there wasn't some sort of parallel between what I believe is, is this this, this culture being impacted, influenced, uh, being vexed by the enemy because it doesn't make sense that we've experienced over the last few months more than 600 mass shootings in America. That's not normal. Something is is grossly wrong with what's going on in the minds of people. And we are, as a nation, citizens of the United States of America. And I believe that it's true that we're experiencing, in a, on a large scale, mental illness. But in many cases, the root of that mental illness is not physical. 
that the root of it has to deal with demonic forces that are at work in our country that we have refused uh, to use the power of the Spirit of God to cast out. And what's so troubling is that these occurrences happen with such regularity that too many of us are beginning to accept them as normal. And what can be worse is when there is trouble all around you, when there is hatred all around you, when there is dysfunction that it threatens your very being, the threat of taking away civil rights and constitutional rights and human rights when you have to fear that your child, when you send them to school, will not come home. If they go to the movies, you're concerned. If they come back 15 minutes late, they go to a game and you wonder whether or not somebody is going to lose their mind out there at the game. And all of a sudden there are some of us that are saying that's just the way it is. And what's worse than that is that we don't have the ability to recognize what's going on. We seem to think that we can recognize it in the natural. But we can't recognize what's going on in the spiritual. We say in the natural that it's mental illness. But we don't even know where the mental illness originates from. But we fail to understand that what's at work is not only mental, but what's really at work is spiritual. And in order to fight back the forces of demonic influence, you've got to become spiritual. You have to have the ability to fight back in the spirit. And we are living in a day where there are spiritual battles and spiritual weapons that are being formed all around us. It seems like there's just a one right after another and sometimes it's happening simultaneously. And one would think that those that claim to be righteous, those that claim to be spiritual, those that claim to be prophetic, those that claim to be the leaders of the spiritual movement, hallelujah, seems like if they would recognize what's really going on, they would have their lamps trimmed and burning and would be sounding the alarm, working hard to advance the cause of Christ. It seemed like those should be the people who see the signs of the times and know what God is saying to this particular generation. But the problem in too many instances is because there is such a call, there is such a hunger, there is such an appetite, even for spiritual leaders, 
uh, to be steeped in wanting power and influence and riches that many times uh, they disregard their real call uh, to be the watchman on the wall uh, just so that they might live more comfortably. Don't get me wrong. I'm not against being blessed. Not at all. Glory to God. God wants you to be blessed. God wants you to be delivered. God wants you to be set free. God wants you to be healed. God wants you to have everything that he has promised. He said in his word in 3 John 1 and 2, Beloved, I wish above all that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospereth. There's, not, there's something desperately wrong in our entire nation. We no longer seek to be one nation under God. Indivisible. With liberty and justice for all. We have been grievously vexed by the enemy and we need for the Lord to turn to turn again our captivity hallelujah and give us the wherewithal to go after this foul spirit what's the point in being empowered by the Holy Ghost if you're not going to go after the devil that's trying to threaten your very spiritual existence and I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself and and I apologize for doing that. I should be talking about the Syrophoenician woman, but I couldn't help but to realize the demonic force that was impacting her house is a demonic force that's now impacting our house. And sometimes we don't have a name for it, but we know it's not right. We know there's something wrong. This is not what God has ordered. And one of the things, and it's hard to indict your own self, but after a while, you have to start looking inward and stop blaming everybody else for our situation, especially when God has given us authority. He says in 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, humble themselves and pray, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then then I'll hear from heaven then I forgive the sin then I'll heal the land the Syrophoenician woman in this passage of scripture was trying to deal with a situation in her home where she believed that her daughter was vexed by the devil. However, when I read into this and search into this a little bit farther, more than likely, this situation probably, hallelujah, had a lot to do not just with an attack on her daughter, but an attack on the entire house 
Sometimes there's an attack on your entire house. It just only manifests itself maybe through one person. But when you begin to pray and go before God, uh, you've got to be, be, be cognizant of the fact that the, that the enemy is not just after one person in your house. He's after the whole house. The enemy is not interested in just disrupting peace and happiness of one person. He's trying to rob and rape and pilfer and take away everything uh, that, that you have to do with anybody. And, and, and we don't know what the daughter's condition was. We just know that she was grievously vexed with the devil. The Bible doesn't even give us a prognosis. It doesn't tell us what area. Okay? And we aren't told whether it was drug addiction. We aren't told whether it was sexual perversion. We don't know whether she was self-inflicting inflicting wounds on herself, what the situation. We don't know if she was lunatic or whatever, but we do know that her mother characterized what she had as being vexed. All we know from this scripture is that something was desperately wrong in that house. And this woman probably had tried everything that she knew to try naturally to get her daughter's situation resolved and nothing seemed to be working. And if you would allow me to use my imagination that in this mother's quest to find a solution for her problem one day, I believe she ran into someone. I shouldn't say someone, some saint that told her about what Jesus could do. And I only say this because many of us are able to recognize demon possession all around us and are afraid to tell the person I know Jesus. I know a man that can help you. I know somebody that can help your situation. And I believe somebody told this woman about Jesus. And perhaps that person quoted to her a few lyrics from the song. And most of the older people know it and maybe some of the younger people know it. When you've tried everything and everything has failed, try Jesus. Some years after I had heard that song for the first time, Elder Boone, I, in my own mind, changed the lyrics. And I, my lyrics were, before you try everything else, and everything else fails, try Jesus. Because it seems like we've raised up a generation that no longer trusts in the power of Almighty God. And it's largely because they haven't seen, they've been around us, and they haven't seen the demonstration of power. 
They haven't seen the devil come in like a flood. Hallelujah. And you go before God and the Lord raise up a standard against the enemy and quench the fiery darts of the wicked. They haven't seen that. Maybe our children have seen us try to rely on these technologies of our day to try to solve problems. Solve spiritual problems with man-made solutions. And you got to know that when you try to solve a spiritual problem with a man-made solution, what you're going to end up getting is a man that has to create something else to improve what he already created to improve something else because none of that actually works when it comes to spiritual demon possession. Because all, all they end up doing is is coming, with up, coming up with something new and improved. That's what they tell us. But none of it, whether it's new and improved, fixes the problem. And our children need to see us relying on the things of God. Our children need to hear us giving testimony of how we trusted in Almighty God. How we stood on the word of God hallelujah and teach them that the fervent effectual prayers of the righteous still avail much the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous still carry much weight with God we still when we pray and when we pray earnestly and fervently we have the ability to get God's attention 2 Corinthians 10 and 4 reminds us that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity. Every thought under the obedience of God, we have that authority. And people need to see this even on your job. They need to see, hallelujah, glory to God, that when they're having trouble in their homes and they're having trouble in their lives, uh, we have an antidote. Uh, we have a remedy. Uh, glory to God. We can tell them, uh, I tried him and I found him to be all right with me. I know a savior who I can tell all my troubles to. Hallelujah, who can take all of your troubles. Glory to God, that same Jesus, uh, hallelujah, that did it for me, uh, he will do it for you. Because uh, we as saints have failed to continue to promote and to proclaim uh, the goodness and the love and the power of Almighty God. Uh, people tend to believe uh, that Jesus is just somebody that showed up in some time past. Uh, hallelujah. But God says, uh, I'm the same yesterday, uh, the day, and forevermore. I change not. I'm still Jesus. I still have the same power. I still have the same ability. I still do miracles. I still set the captive free. I still heal and deliver. Yeah. 
I do. I do it. He still does. And there are others because of other religions and movements that are springing up would suggest that Christianity is just another superstitious religion. The devil is a lie. Jesus has never been more relevant than he is right now. I can be like, I can tell you like David, hallelujah, because I knew the Lord at an early age. I was once young, now I'm middle-aged, on my way to senior citizenship. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. If I call on the name of the Lord, if he'll answer anybody, he'll answer me. And so this woman comes to Jesus needing something from him because uh, uh, she wasn't, didn't particularly care for the disciples because there was something different between her and the disciples. Then the thing that was different between her and the disciples is that she needed something from God. See, there are some of us that has hang around because we want to name drop. We want to say we've been with him. Hallelujah. We know him. Glory to God. But she wasn't interested in that. She had a need from him. And when you have a need of him, from him, you take on a different posture than just somebody that wants to be rubbing shoulders and hobnobbing. And they wanted to send her away. She had made a request. They interpreted as her begging. And even Jesus tried to let her know that he was on assignment. That he was on assignment to save the lost sheep of Israel. But one of the things that I like about this woman, and I like several things, but one of the things that I like about her is that somewhere in the witness of the person that told her about Jesus must have been a communication of the sensitivity to worship. And that's where many of us miss it. We don't mind asking or begging. But we forget there's a certain way that you come to the Lord. <laughs> and sometimes when you really need something from the Lord, you don't come begging first. You come worshiping first. You come giving him what he requires uh, so that you can gain his attention. Uh, he, 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 his habitation is in praise, not in begging. If you really want something from the Lord, stop playing it cool. We come into the house of the Lord, and I'm going to testify. You'll never see me coming into the house of the Lord cross, crossing my arms and my legs. This is not the place for it. There's a sign outside that says, enter this gate, enter these gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. And I never forget that. 
there's not even a conversation between this woman and Jesus. Not real. He doesn't say anything to her at first. He ignores her. She says, thou son of David. And he doesn't say anything to her. When he finally says to, something to her, he says, I didn't come to you. I come to the lost house of Israel. All of a sudden, because of worship, conversation ensues. She went from calling him son of David to getting down on her knees and say, Lord, I worship you. I adore you. You are God of the universe. You are Lord over all the lords and, and king over all the kings. She started building him up. And it got his attention. He was still trying to get out of it. But the conversation went from son of David to Lord help me. To Lord I need your help. I can't make it without you. If you don't come through my daughter is going to go down farther. It went from he answered her not a word to it isn't right for me to take the children's bread and give it to dogs. I was trying to put some of us in that scenario. And if he had said, it's not fit for me to give the children's bread to dogs, somebody would have said, I don't know who you think you are. But, but when you really need something from God, <laughs> when you make up in your mind that he is the only one that can help you, you don't let anything or anybody discourage you from getting what you need from him. Because what I need from him, I can't get from anybody else. And I don't care what you say about me. I don't care how I look to you. You can't help me. He's the only one that can. And so I'm going to stay right here until I get what I need. And sometimes you have to be like the woman who has the issue of blood. Or, or the woman who was before the unjust magistrate. The woman with the issue of blood made a decision that whether it's not right for me to touch him with the issue that I've got, but if I don't touch him, I'm going to die. Hallelujah. I don't know what the woman that was with the, with the judge, I don't know what her issue was, but the Bible says she showed up every day and was determined that I'm going to get what I need from the Lord. You can't discourage me. I'm not letting my feelings get in the way. Hallelujah. Oh, uh, you, can't, you, you, you can't cause me to turn around uh, because I've got an issue that only you can help me with. What you need uh, cannot hinge on the opinion of somebody else. Uh, glory to God, this woman is not offended by Jesus. 
And the reason I know that she's not offended because he says it's not meat for me to give the children's bread to dogs. And she says, true Lord. She's a Greek. She's a Syrophoenician woman. I don't, she must have been reading the Bible or whatever it was that they were reading because she agrees with him. She's not offended by him. The Bible says she has crouched down in one passage on the floor like my granddaughter's dog, Bo. I don't care what food is being prepared. I don't care how many times Bo has already eaten. When you start cooking around him, he is going to come where you are. And first he's going to stand on his hind legs and look at you. And if that doesn't work, he gets down on his hind feet and he's just patient. He's not going nowhere. This is what he's hoping. He's hoping that as you're cooking, as you're stirring, as you're chopping, and whatever it is that you're preparing, that some of it is going to fall off the table. Whether you're cooking for him or not, hallelujah, he's going to stay right there until, because he's anticipating that something is going to fall on the floor. And the picture here is that the master has children, much like your children, that are either messy eaters or they are guilty of having food that they don't want to eat. And because Bo comes to the table, they'll take what they don't want to eat and start feeding him. Somebody ought to say praise the Lord because you know what I'm talking about. And, and, and some of the children are picky eaters. And some of the food, even the crumbs that are falling on the floor. And it's a shame that the children are so messy. But there's a blessing in the spoils. There is a blessing in the crumbs that fall from the floor. Because whatever the benefit is in the heart of the meat that you're preparing, it's also in the spoils. Whatever value that's in the vegetables that are on the table, hallelujah, when some of those vegetables fall to the floor, the same ingredients that's, uh, that's in the vegetables on the table is in the vegetables that fall to the floor. Whatever enjoyment in the cake or the dessert that you are preparing and putting on the table, when you start cutting and slicing and dicing, the crumbs fall to the floor, the same, hallelujah, nutrients, the same enjoyment that they're getting on top, hallelujah, of the table, you can get on the floor. Would you tell somebody there is deliverance 
in the crumbs. That there is a blessing in the crumbs. There is a blessing in what falls to the floor. There is healing in what falls to the floor. There's deliverance in what falls from the table onto the floor. And the dog, like my granddaughter's dog, says to himself, all I have to do is just wait. Because everything that I need that's on the table is in the crumbs. <laughs> All I have to do is wait. Let me try to close with this. Let me say that the account of this story in, that's also told in the book of Mark states that it was the children's crumbs. When we read in the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew says the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And all I want somebody to know is that it doesn't matter to me whether I'm characterized as the child sitting at the table or the dog that's waiting under the table. The food still comes from the master. And the only thing that matters is that I get what I need from the Lord. And you get to the point at some point in your relationship with God, as much as you'd like to be particular, you get to the point to where you say, any way that you bless me. And I'm impressed by this woman because she didn't allow what many of us would consider to be an insult to get in the way of what she needed for her daughter, what she needed for her house. Look at what this last exchange. Jesus says, uh, it is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And she said, truth, Lord. Yet, the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. And Jesus is so impressed by her not being offended. By her being able to demonstrate faith right in the middle of an insult. I don't know who I'm talking to, but God is trying to get somebody to employ faith right in the middle 
of all this noise that's coming from everywhere that's trying to discourage you. Even you thinking that God doesn't hear you. Yes, he does. He is impressed by faith. By faith that won't waver. By faith that won't quit, that won't give up. He is so impressed with her. He says, oh woman, great is your faith. It is to you. Okay, now, now it's gone from him to her. He says, it is to you, even as you will. What is he saying? He's saying when he sees faith like that, the word of the Lord says, you can ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. All God is looking for is faith. And this is not what I'm saying. I'm reading this right out of the Bible. This has got red letters. And then it says, her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Somebody here needs God to do something right now. And God is willing to do it if you can demonstrate right now faith. Would you stand all over the building? I sense a need to pray. Um, I'm impressed by this lady. I thought I was impressed by the woman with the issue of blood because she's, she's dying. But this woman has dialogue with Jesus and to me at first glance there's insult there which suggests that her faith was challenged by Jesus and Jesus is saying if you can just avoid being insulted by me if you can know what I'm looking for I'm looking for a demonstration of faith. I will give you what you request. With bowed heads. I don't know who. I'm praying for in specific. You know the need that you, that you have. You know what you've been asking God to do. Lord is just saying I need to see the demonstration of faith where nothing around you suggests to you even as negative as it might be you won't allow it to suggest to you that I'm not going to do it with bowed heads precious father in the name of Jesus God we come before you God somebody right now needs you 
but we need, oh God, for you to enable us to demonstrate the kind of faith that this Syrophoenician woman had. Somebody right now is interceding for a loved one, interceding for something or someone that they care so much about. And they realize that you're the only one that can help because you're the great I am. Nobody else is. And so we pray right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you would touch, touch the mind right now in the name of Jesus. Touch the mind that would want to doubt. God, and I pray, oh God, that you would infuse that mind with even more faith. Faith for the impossible. Faith for what they can't see. Faith in the spite of what everybody else is saying. All of the detractors. I pray, oh God, that there would be faith now in the name of Jesus. Show yourself strong right now, God. I pray, oh God, that you would remove every barrier of doubt and fear, Lord, and intimidation. God, we believe you on today. We stand in need of a certain thing and we realize it no. Well, that you're our only help. And so what we do at this very moment uh, is we stop and we worship you. We give you the glory right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we cry out to you, God. Hallelujah. Oh, and declare that you're a very present help in trouble. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, you are. Hallelujah. You're a strong tower when we're at our weakest, oh God. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. You're our defense. You're our help in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord. Right now. We need you to move, Lord so that we'll be encouraged to go on. We need you to show us a sign. Hallelujah. Do something, God, to demonstrate what a great God you are. You've given us the test, Lord. Now give us a testimony in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we can tell the world of what a great God you are. We need our own testimony. We don't want to rest on the testimony of somebody else. We need our own experience with you. We need our own miracle. Hallelujah, that comes from you. Uh, yes, Lord, uh, we need our own deliverance uh, that comes from you. Uh, we need our own healing uh, that comes from you. So we give you glory now, Lord. We give you glory. Somebody that's not afraid to worship. Uh, hallelujah. Somebody that's not afraid to give God the glory. We're not just here asking only. We're giving you the glory. Uh, we're capturing your attention. Uh, hallelujah. We're blowing you kisses. Uh, we're doing our best to woo your attention uh, in our direction. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Do it for him right now, God. In the name of Jesus, make a way. Open the door. Touch our body. Touch right now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, 
God, we come against demon possession. We come against a demonic influence. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, those things, God, that are trying to take our mind and our thoughts away from being attentive to your voice, we come against it right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, uh, Satan, the blood of Jesus uh, is against you uh, right now. Uh, hallelujah. We take authority uh, in this moment, uh, in this hour. Uh, we declare uh, glory in this place. Uh, we declare victory right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, and we'll be careful always to give your name the glory always to give you the honor and the praise in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus come on somebody praise God for victory it might not be your victory this time but praise some for somebody else's victory come on praise him for the breakthrough somebody is on the verge of releasing faith into the atmosphere praise God Praise him. Don't get tired. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To God be the glory. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Do it for your glory. Do it for your honor, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. We say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Come on. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.